The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. All right. Uh, so just a few quick thoughts before we head out. So uh, a couple years ago, my wonderful wife, Melissa, bought me tickets uh, to see one of my favorite bands of all time on their farewell tour, uh, The Chariot. I know many of you are big fans of them. And, uh, and, and she bought me two tickets to see them. Uh, but it should be noted that even though she bought me two tickets, she did not take the second one. Uh, and, and for good reason, because my left ear is still recovering uh, from that concert, so she passed that punishment on to someone else. Uh, but at any rate, I, I go to this show, and while I'm there, I notice this guy who's there who has this glorious mustache, just like, just one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. And, and I was like, wait, I think I know that guy. And it turns out he was actually the, the front man of, of another band I listened to that I really like called Listener. And so, so I went up to him and I said, hey, are you Dan Smith from Listener? And he said, yes, I am. And he said, who are you? I said, I'm Gabe. <laughs> and, and he said, all right, well, what, well, what do you do, Gabe? And I said, well, uh, I'm a pastor at a church about a half hour north of here. And he said, okay. Now, I've been thinking about that story this week and thinking about that in light of this text. And it's made me think about the nature of how we introduce ourselves, right? When he asked me, what do you do? I could have said anything, right? Because there's a lot of other things I do besides pastor this church. I could have said, I'm, I'm the father to Titus and Lila. I'm the, the husband to Melissa. I'm the, the right back for the crop tops. You know, I could have said a whole variety of things, but I chose to introduce myself by my profession. And that's fine, right? That's what we do. That's probably what most of you do. That if someone were to ask you, what do you do? You introduce yourself by your profession. But here's my point. How we introduce ourselves says a lot about us How we introduce ourselves leads people to have certain expectations of us. And I don't know if you caught this in our text for today, but Jesus introduces himself in a pretty unique way that should lead us to have expectations of him. Jesus introduces himself very specifically so that we have certain expectations of him. So I don't know if you caught this in our text But what happens is John the Baptist is in prison and he says, hey, uh, disciples, Jesus is out doing a bunch of stuff. I'm not sure if he's the Messiah. Is he the Messiah? Is he the anointed one? Is he the promised one that's going to bring God's healing, rule, and reign to this earth? Uh, Can you guys go find out? And so John the Baptist's disciples go up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the anointed one? Are you the one that's bringing God's healing, rule, and reign to the earth? And how does Jesus respond? Look with me at verses 4 to 6. And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And so Jesus is is asked if he's the Messiah. And essentially what Jesus says is, Hey, look around you. Look at what I'm doing. The blind are seeing, the the lame can walk, the sick are healed, the dead are receiving life, the poor are hearing good news. He says, God's healing, rule, and reign is happening right now, and it's happening through me. Now, what I find fascinating about this passage is Jesus is asked, hey, are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? And he could have just said, yeah, yeah, I'm the Messiah. But instead, Jesus chooses to introduce himself by who he spends time with. Jesus chooses to introduce himself by the people that he's investing in. He says, hey, I'm with the poor, I'm with the sick, I'm with the downtrodden, I'm with the lame. Now, why does he do that? 
Why does Jesus do that? Why does he introduce himself that way? Because Jesus cares about the vulnerable. Jesus loves the outsider. Jesus stands with the poor and the broken and the oppressed of the world. And so if we were to ask Jesus, who are you and what do you do? He'd say, I'm the Messiah who takes up the cause of those whom society has pushed to the side. He'd say, I'm the Messiah who takes up the cause of those whom society has pushed to the side. See, Jesus shows us what God's heart for justice looks like. Jesus shows us what God's heart for justice looks like. And what we see is that God's heart for justice is not just for Jesus, but it's for us. It's for his people. Listen to these words from Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. All right, so if God were to say, how do I want you to live? He summarized it all here in this, in this verse. He says, I want you to walk humbly with me, and I want you to act justly and love mercy. Now, what does it mean for us to act justly? Well, if you look throughout the scriptures, if you look throughout the Old Testament, what it means to act justly is to give people their due. To be just is to give someone their due, which maybe sounds kind of weird, right? But here's what that means. To act just, if someone commits a crime, what do they do? Punishment, right? If someone works for you, what do they do? A paycheck, right? So to act justly is to give someone their due. But here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. Again and again throughout the Bible, God tells us that the poor, the immigrants, the widow, the orphan, and the sick are due our care, and our protection. All right, so to be just is to to give someone their due. And again and again and again, Jesus says, the poor, the immigrant, the widow, the sick, the orphan, they're due your care and protection. That's what we owe them, which is mind-blowing. And so God shows us that God loves and defends those with the least economic and social power, and so should we that that's how we act justly. Uh, One of my favorite living philosophers is, uh, he's in my top five. I know you guys got a top five list too. Uh, But he's he's a guy named Peter Rollins. And uh, and he tells a parable and it goes like this. It may sound familiar to you at first. Jesus withdrew privately by boat to a solitary place. But the crowds continued to follow him. Evening was now approaching and the people, many of whom had traveled a great distance, were growing hungry. Seeing this, Jesus sent his disciples out to gather food. But all they could find were five loaves of bread and two fishes. Then Jesus asked that they go out again and gather up the provisions that the crowd had brought to sustain them in their travels. Once this was accomplished, a vast mountain of fish and bread stood before Jesus. Upon seeing this, he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Standing before the food and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks to God and broke the bread. Jesus and his friends ate like kings in full view of the starving people. But what was truly amazing, what was miraculous about this meal, was that when they had finished the massive banquet, there were not even enough crumbs left to fill a starving person's hand. Now, does anyone else, like, want to take a shower? Right? It doesn't feel right when I read that. You feel kind of sick if you imagine if that's actually how the story went. 
Hungry people, Jesus says, ah, I'll just eat it all right in front of you. Right? When we think of Jesus acting unjustly, our stomach turns. And yet, what does Scripture call us? The body of Christ. The hands and feet of Jesus right now. And so the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the one who brought the healing rule and reign of God, who healed the sick, who touched the lepers, who preached good news to the poor, has called you to be part of that body. And he's called you to take part in that work of acting justly towards those in need. And so that's why we have weekends like this one. That's why we have weekends like this one. That's, that's why we have people out right now serving at Running Brushy Middle School where we work with the kids uh, who, who have needs who need extra food. That's why we have people serving Open My World as they care for kids who need therapeutic uh, riding lessons. That's why we had people at, at CRC Christian Resource Center working on a community garden that helps people provide jobs and skills. That's why we're going to clean up acts of love and help Katie out as she works with teen moms and their babies. See, this is what it is for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus now. But why do we do this? We'll close here. Why do we do this? Because the reality is it costs us quite a bit of time to do this. It's not an easier week. It's actually a harder week. It actually costs us quite a bit of money. And if you guys, as you serve people personally in your own lives, you know it costs you time and money. So why should we do it? Why, as Christians, do we do it? Grace. The gospel. The cross. See, see if to be just is to give people their due, if that's what it means to be just, the most just thing God could do would be to punish you as your sins deserve. That's what scripture says, right? That the most just thing he could do, that we're sinners, we're guilty, the most just thing he could do is to give us our due, to give us our punishment, to punish those who've ignored his rules, to punish those who've actively disobeyed him. But we see on the cross is that Jesus takes the punishment for you. That on the cross, God's justice is carried out. That Jesus became sin for us. And so God acts just towards humanity. God acts just towards you when he pours it all out on Jesus. That Jesus takes the punishment that we're due. That's grace. That's grace. That's what it looks like for God's mercy to be on display. And see, when that sort of grace overwhelms you, when you get what, what Jesus has done for you, that he came to give his life for you, a poor sinner, it only makes sense that you'd give your life for those who are in the greatest need. Tim Keller puts it like this. There's a direct relationship between a person's grasp and experience of God's grace and his or her heart for justice and the poor. And so may we see ourselves, may you see yourself as the poor, the sick, the broken, and yet the one whom Jesus cares for. The one whom Jesus brought healing and forgiveness and life on the cross. And as we sink into that grace, may that send us out to serve this day and always. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for us. And when we were poor, when we were dead in our sin, you came and gave of yourself that we might know you, that we might know the Father. Lord, teach us to extend that grace to people this day and always. We pray it all in your holy name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.